Welcome to All the Things with Monique Dusan from the Center for Biblical Unity and theology mom, Krista Bontrager. And now, here's Krista and Monique. Welcome to All the Things. Yes, happy show anniversary. Show anniversary. We're inventing words. Yes. Hey, if people can redefine them, I can invent them. That's right. I'm Monique Dusan. And I'm Krista Bontrager. And this is the show where we talk about all the things related to God, life, the Bible, for the 100th time. Yeah. It's the 100th time I've hoodwinked and bamboozled Monique to yes. get behind a microphone. We were just talking about that. This show started out because I was literally hoodwinked and bamboozled. Krista was like... <laughs> we just looked up when it started. Our first show was March... Like 15th-ish, uh-huh. 2019. Yeah. And I remember we had a discussion about this for so many months before. And you were like, well, what would we call it? And I think together we were just like all the things because we always talk about all the things. Yeah. But I never in my life thought that <laughs> I would ever be streaming to somebody's living room. And so, yes. Well, I had had, the, I had, had a dream of doing a show like this. For like six or seven years, but I didn't have the right partner. And so I just kept asking the Lord, like... You didn't have anybody to hoodwink and bamboozle. No, I just didn't have anybody that I thought I would have good chemistry with and we kept good back and forth and everything. And so then when you came along, I was like, oh, I could totally picture this. Yeah, we argue and laugh. We argue and laugh. Okay, so here, here's a clip from the first show. Oh, that's going to be a mess. Brace yourself. Uh, <laughs> Look at the... What in the good? what? All right. <laughs> well, the camera was a little lower. We had him... Awesome. <laughs> Put it up a little higher. We both had people watching. What's going on so with your hair? That voice that you heard off mic. This is, is why uh, Allison and Jennifer renamed me two braids. And Wasn't it Allen, Allison I, and Jennifer? I don't remember. So if you want to talk to us... Oh on my the word! YouTube live chat box, you can do that, and if you swear at us, she's uh, she, she, she's so like, what she am I doing well. here? Yes, yes, she will. She has been taught well. I did not know. I didn't my know what we were doing. Doing the my hair is literally freshly shampooed and, and drying uh, so that I can let it go so that he can <laughs> the uh, next day punch all the buttons at, at the right time. So oh god, look at, look at my face. To, I'm literally like, when will this be over? Possibly on a regular basis. To talk possibly about. on a regular basis. Look, look at my eyes squinting at you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Possibly on a regular basis. There is no makeup. There's no makeup. The lighting's terrible. Yeah, you are pale. Do you want me to type something? I don't have any makeup on. I'm just like, right. when will my hair be done the drawing? Going off. Oh, it's my aunt. I don't know if we should read the text messages I know. and stuff while we're live. Yeah. But you know, it's okay. That's all right. So, oh my gosh. Hello. Hello, Abigail. So, let's talk about you. Let's uh, maybe let people know a little bit about you. That is a mess. (laughs) That is a mess. That is a mess. Oh, gosh. You guys, I apologize. If you go on YouTube and watch that whole episode, I apologize. Please forgive me. (laughs) Alicia Moss says I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I now live among the ancestors. Yes. Because there is no way. We didn't oh know what gosh. we were doing. We didn't. We we did not know. And then she was like, and then we'll do it next week. Next week? <laughs> Who's doing this next week? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Yeah, no. 
Oh. But here we are, show number 100. Won't he do it? Won't he will. Yes. Oh, so uh, we are live, yes. And um, so we're going to be joined throughout the show uh, by some special surprise guests. Uh, go ahead and join us on the chat. Uh, YouTube is always fun. <laughs> Sorry, Kristen just said, okay, and I, th- I thought she was fishing in Alaska, but maybe I read it wrong. But she said, I wish we could, you could hear our laughter. I think I just peed. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, yeah. Jeremy's there. He's been here almost from the Jeremy, beginning. Jeremy is like low key, just like the oh. third, third person. <laughs> Jeremy's been here from the beginning. Yes, oh, I am gosh. fishing in Alaska. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. We were a mess. We and, were. And, and she, she really had no idea like what my vision was. No, and I mean, I'm not a podcast person, yeah, so she I, hadn't I don't listened really podcast. So do, she didn't really know. Yeah. And so she was like, "We're just gonna get on here and you know, like talk." And I was like, "Who are we gonna talk to? Nobody knows us." And and yeah, and the, part of our journey was that, um, like before George Floyd, we would have like. We thought we were doing big things. If we had like 20 people. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was fun. No. We, were, we were learning. That It was a mess. Y'all, there were things that I would be like, we're not talking about this. We do not talk about this. Do not. If you if you start to talk about this. Oh, y'all, I was so stiff neck and stubborn. <laughs> what people, how, what people don't know is that you were still pretty entrenched in critical race theory at that point. And so my idea with the show... Well, one of my ideas with the show is, oh, we could have all these guests on and we could talk about issues that might be of help to you. And you could meet other people besides me because you just thought I was crazy. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You thought nobody else thinks like this. Yes. And then and, I met others and I was like, oh. This and must so be I like thought it would be village. fun. Like, hey, I could get my friend Mike Gurney to come on and I could get, <laughs> I could get people to come on that I wanted her to have a conversation with, but I... I, I couldn't wrangle her to like get on Zoom with the person. So I thought, well, we'll just have a show and then we'll have guests. And- yeah, that wasn't my vision. Hey, Jennifer Shotwell from Hawaii is here. Hey. Hello, Jennifer. Jennifer's daughter, Jenna, um, actually volunteered with the Center for Biblical Unity. She just stopped. So I want to give a huge shout out to to Jennifer and Jenna. Um, Jenna worked in our donor relations department and helped write our newsletter and things like that. But she's also a junior in college and she's a nursing major. And she was like, I really want to. But and I was like, girl. You better go and get your education. That's right. Be all right. And yeah. so just super thankful for for Jenna and for Jennifer for raising such an awesome, wonderful woman. For sure. <laughs> Emily will just have a show. Yeah. We'll just have, <laughs> My kid knows. <laughs> we'll just have a show. I had no idea. I was new, people. I had only I hadn't even been here a year. Well, and people I don't know new. that like your your PTSD was still pretty bad. She was taking advantage of the disabled. Oh, sorry. That's wrong. <laughs> I'm sure there's a social theory against this. Oh, gosh. Social theory, yeah. Hey, Shamika from Seattle. (laughs) Okay, so make sure to support the show. Hit the thumbs up. um, Share the show. Don't share that first episode, though. (laughs) That needs to go for a long walk in the woods. We need to have Bob put that on private. Right? (laughs) Look at my face. Look at you see the light switch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally looking at you like, why? What is this? 
where are we going? Is my hair dry? Oh my This word. is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. All right. What let's a mess. Keep going. Okay, this show is brought to you by the Center for Biblical Unity. Theology Mom and Family 210 Clothing. Yes. Oh, my ass was going to be bad. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right. So you can go check out our family's uh, designs over at Family this 210. This is one of our newest designs. Truth yes. has no color. We... Monique did model for that. That by is the way. not, if you don't stop it. Um, <laughs> truth has no color. And that is a huge message that we, we promote at the Center for Biblical Unity is that we believe in objective truth. And truth has no color. So two plus two is four. Whether you're white, black, brown, that's right, orange, pink, whatever. And and about ten dollars yes. of every uh, shirt sale goes to help out the ministry, help out our family. We are very appreciative of all of your support. Yes. Um. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of things. We've got some stuff happening. Yes. Um, before we uh, bring on our first surprise guest. This is the section so, of the move on. So what's been happening with you? Well, okay. Um, well, gosh, I was going to talk about something. Um, but I don't remember the second thing. The Just talk about the first thing. I don't remember the first thing because I don't know if that was the first or the second. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we really are professionals. We yeah. are. So earlier this week, Krista, Bob, and I had a really tough discussion um, about ab- something. About something, and it was related to. And I'm, I'm not gonna say exactly what it was because I don't need everybody's like giving a thousand opinions and leading people off because I'm not sure where I land on it yet. But we had a, a really hard discussion around something regarding to race and racism, and I was like, "Of course, this is racism." Like, of course, like I didn't need any evidence. I was just like, "This was." You didn't want to look into it. No, I, I already knew. It was written. You were 100% sure. This thing, we were talking about something that was written, and it was written by um, a person person who happened to own slaves. And I was just like, they wrote it and they own slaves, and there it is. It's racist. And through many conversations, not just with Bob and Krista, because we, I was, I was like, we, I don't know if we can have any more questions, more, more conversations right in this moment. But um, through many conversations and, and one conversation with, uh, with someone I was being interviewed by, I was really pushed back on in thinking like, hey, are you still believing in, in this CRT rhetoric? Like, is are you holding a position that's just simply verse, um, based on narrative? And narrative being one of the key components to critical race theory. And after I like had prayed about it a little bit, had talked to some people about it, I really under I really realized that what I was doing, whether right or wrong in, in, you know, what was written, I was upholding a stand that said, because it looks like racism, it must be racism, whether I have evidence to prove it as racism or racist or not. And because of the way that I, you know, was educated in school and, and conversations in the community and things like that, everyone else said it was racist and, you know, white people are the only ones who realize that this isn't racist. I didn't realize just how much CRT was like lingering back there, just kind of just there, you know, and it just popped out. 
And, you know, I apologize to, to you and Bob because I was really strong, like, in my stand and, and even in my wording and my tone and stuff like that. And um, But I was really shocked. And so I say all this to say, like, even, you know, two years later, where it seems like I would definitely be on, be beyond a lot of this thought process. And, and I am, but there's still some times where it's like, oh, man, like, that just pops that, up. That just popped up. That that just kind of like whoa. It's kind of like don't walk up on me at night because you know I'm from the hood, so you might you might get some of me. But that CRT thing just kind of I was like oh wow. Once I realized it, I was like you know as Christians, you know we we need evidence. We don't just you know issue well because my position in the conversation was like hey I'm open to that. Let's talk about it. Let's look some things up. Let's research it. Let's differentiate between facts and opinions and convictions and and just rampant speculation. Like, let's look things up. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was looking at it as, you know, establishing the truth of the matter by using two or three witnesses is a biblical principle. Mm -hmm. But for you, the way that you experienced that and heard that was that's what you're doing to shield yourself because you're racist and how you're thinking about it. You didn't want to take 10 minutes. Or that all white people think about it this yeah, way yeah. because they just don't know the history. Yeah. And it, it immediately put it back into a us and them kind of narrative. And man, when I tell you that I was so shocked by the end of the day or, you know, like by three o'clock, I was like, man, you know, here, here it is. Still, and so I say all this to say, have grace with people who may be in um, this worldview or framework, and have grace with people who are walking out because, and and have people who are you know dealing with other things because you just don't know what you don't know. Sometimes yeah. I didn't realize I would have been like, no, like I don't, I don't believe you were a hundred percent sure. I was, I was a hundred percent sure one, but yeah. two, I would have also said I'm a hundred percent sure that I'm not one for narrative, like yeah. that everything is based just on narrative or on my truth or, you know, like that we, you I thought you were past that. Yeah. I would say we always need evidence yeah. until this conversation came up and I was like, I got all my evidence It's written right here. Well, you know, so man, there's just so much to, to glean and, and to learn always. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to, understand that it takes people time to come out of a whole framework because how we how we think about the world is what I call a web of beliefs mm -hmm. and things are interconnected and so as we're changing and growing if we're adopting a different major scale worldview or framework that can take time things can pop up so we got to like, I like what you said is just be patient with each be other. Be patient, have grace, yeah. but speak truth, you know, and that's one of the things that I appreciate is that y'all wasn't lightening up or lightening. I don't even know if that's a word. Y'all weren't, you know, giving, like giving in. You weren't um, going to not speak truth or, and when I say truth, you're not going to, you know, say, well, hey, okay, we we really don't need evidence on this one. No, as Christians, word tells us that you we have evidence. Yeah. And you were emotional, but Bob and I were kind of standing our ground of like, well, let's look into this. Yeah. Let's, let's look at some facts. So, yeah. Uh, Jeremy's got a great people are starting to put in some of their favorite episodes in the chat, which I love. So do that. Uh, let us know which episodes have been meaningful to you. Uh, can you scroll down a little bit, Bob, there? Oh, Abuna Anthony. There we go. Jeremy says my favorite one last year was the one you did about the riots 
Uh, that was the one that was called Uncultured. That was the one that, that like, kind of had the most views up until then. And it got the most shares. And that's when our viewership went from 20 people up to, like, thousands. Really? really I thought quick. it was the one with Edwin. And that was the one right... Right before Edwin. Okay. It was in that same week. Can we go back out to Jeremy's comment? We have to um, make sure that we, we, you know, the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I listened while I was taking a long trip out of my looting ravaged neighborhood to find an open bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeremy lives in Chicago. God used it to help me think through everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Kristen said she loved the recent episode with Cal Beisner. Lots of votes for our Boona Anthony episode. Many people found that interview interesting. That's awesome. Glad to see that. So, okay, you ready for our first guest? Let's do it. All right, our first surprise guest. Oh, his camera's not on. It's just a cartoon. There he is. What's up, Joe Miller? Dr. Joe Miller. Soon to be Dr. Dr. Joe Yeah, Dr. Dr. I need to get on that level. Dr. Dr. Mo. How you doing? I am here. Hey, how are you ladies doing? Doing well. Well, soon to be Dr. Dan. Now we had... Reverend uh, Dr. Dr. You. I'm doing okay, man. Now we had Joe Miller on last summer. Oh, Um, Oh, I just realized, dude. What? (gasps) I was talking to you guys uh, too early. I was uh, I was listening live, and then I got the whole time lag thing off. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we had talked to Joe Miller last summer. Oh goodness gracious! It was actually like now almost I a don't year ago. At all, this is terrible. Hold on one second. That's all right. Keep going. And uh, we oh, had I'm Joe on, and we were talking about. Have, this is why when you don't do pre-show, this is why it doesn't work out well. Who are you talking to, Joe? You talking to us? Sorry. <laughs> now you switched, okay. you switched microphones, oh. but that's okay. You're on your AirPods now. I know. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I got it up. I got it right now. All right. That's my bad eyesight. I switched the wrong ones. I, I feel your pain. It helps. So Half we long. had Joe on talking about Margaret Sanger last summer yes. and scientific racism. A very popular show that we still get comments about. We're going to have Joe on again soon. So thank you. And, um, why don't you tell tell our friends kind of our partnership with Joe? So, uh, Doctor Doctor Joe Miller um, partners with us through. Well, I would say through his Center for Cultural Apologetics, but he sits on our advisory council, and he is the one along with a few others who offers insight and information, wisdom into the things that we put out as far as education goes. So any definitions you see, any like thoughts like that, that would go down the education vein, Mm -hmm. they all come from our think tank of people with PhDs who um, we can consult on matters of like, hey, what do you think about, you know, this paper that was released on critical race theory or one of the critical social theories? What do you think about this that was released on culture? Or, he's helped us with some social media yeah. posts. Yeah. So And so he, he actually wrote the yeah, glossary for the Reconcile curriculum. Um, yeah, just a, a fountain of wisdom. And I think the Margaret Sanger... Um, 
video for me, not video, but episode for me, just really enlightened me into an area of systemic racism that is like a true issue as opposed to some of the things that I think culture is mm-hmm. presenting because yeah. I had no idea really. So Joe, maybe you can give us a little thumbnail yeah. about that episode on scientific racism that we did last summer and encourage some people that have sure. knew and found the ministry to well, go back and check that out. I, yeah. I will, but before I do that, I, I gotta say I watched your uh, first episode there uh, from your very first show, and I have to say that that is proof that God equips the called and not the equipped, and I am very proud to uh... <laughs> love you guys. No, no, seriously, you give hope to everybody that they too can overcome because certainly uh, we were struggling. That... You too can overcome. <laughs> Well, like you like you were twelve, and you like were prepubescent um, radio person, and somehow, like in the process of this, like you matured into full womanhood just through the whole process. Oh, it was God. funny. You did. You like were deer in the headlights. That was awesome. I want to. Yeah, seriously. I, I don't even. I don't know what happened or at what point like the shift happened, but yeah. Oh man, one awkward show was um, I had the bright idea of having Lori Stewart on the show from Women in Apologetics. She was our first guest. And it was about this, the unplanned movie about abortion and Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood and all this stuff. Well, what people didn't know was that Monique was pretty still like pro-choice at that point. (laughs) You putting on my business? So I had this bright idea that I would have Lori Stewart on the show, the ex-feminist. We were going to talk about this. Y'all, I got oh. no love. There, were, there was no love oh. on the show for me those days. But it made you better and stronger and uh, it made you into the great show you guys are doing on now. Anyway, I just couldn't pass up a little bit. No, of that, that was good. My own thoughts on that episode. I, I thought it was good. It was awesome. But um, no, hey, so yeah, I enjoyed coming on and talking about the Margaret Sanger thing. And uh, that was, you know... It's, it's a small part of a lot of the work that I've been doing and, and my own explorations of, of race issues and, and, and what that, what that uh, and how the, the biblical worldview can really help us uh, resolve some of those conflicts that we're seeing daily in our life. And uh, it, it was uh, the Sanger stuff, the eugenics movement, uh, and how the farther we moved away from a, a biblical worldview of created in the image of God, hey, Imago Dei. We're in it even today. Um, the farther we move from that worldview into accepting the the, the scientific worldview that uh, we're our, there is no creator, there is no purpose, there is no design, uh, man, the more trouble and trouble we get into. Yeah. So, so we're gonna have you on the show again uh, very soon. Um, maybe give us a little teaser as to what we're gonna be doing with you. Well, I don't know. You guys bumped me to like the fall, so I'm I'm not feeling loved. So it is hurtful a little bit. See, this is my heart. We got, we got a lot of people. Well, I know. Well, you, know, you got to prioritize the important ones first. That's all oh right. gosh. Um, <laughs> no, I love you guys. Uh, no, so yeah, I think yeah, the the show I believe we're gonna do is we're gonna talk a little about um, slavery in the United States specifically, and. Um, there was a big shift that occurred in the middle of the 19th century on how slavery was viewed. 
And I won't, I'm not going to tell people what that shift really was, but it's yeah. a system obviously that existed for centuries before that. But in the United States, there was a unique shift that happened, even in the United States slavery, in, in the middle of that century, in the middle of the 1800s. And that was a, a huge factor in the way we perceive even what the, the institution of slavery means today, the way we perceive race. Uh, and there were several factors that really met, that came together to make that uh, radical shift in how slavery was viewed. Uh, it, and so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode to talk about. It's some of the stuff I've studied that's really fascinating. When you get into the primary source people that are talking about this and the stuff they say, even as believers, man, it is wild. So tell us, uh, just we got about one minute left with you, but... Um... I'd be curious for you to just share like the one minute version of what you're working on in your doctoral dissertation right now. I think people will find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at the home stretch. Lord willing, I'll be done the next month or so. Um, But uh, I'm looking at Adam and Eve, the historic Adam and Eve. And I believe that if we look at that doctrine as the beginning point for our discussion of human sacredness, it provides the most coherent argument against racism, especially over uh, other forms of like, say, theistic evolution. And I'm not saying anybody that's a theistic evolutionist is a racist, Uh, you know, it's not a CRT for believers kind of view, you know, everybody who doesn't believe like me is racist. Uh, I'm not saying anybody who disagrees can't even argue against racism, but I do think if you want this most well-rounded. The, the, the best argument against racism comes from that biblical worldview that sees God as our creator, that all humans are created in the image of God, and that we all have that inherent sacredness and worth and value. And I think that's the, the beginning point for the strongest argument against what we see today happening in our world. Awesome. We want to encourage everyone to go get connected with our friend Joe Miller's ministry and his podcast, More Than Cake, and um, all the good work that he is doing over there with his partners in ministry and we're just so grateful for your friendship yes. joe so, thank you so yeah, thankful. I'm, I'm glad i get to be a part of your stuff and just see you guys and the growth you guys have gone through it's it's wonderful it's amazing you're doing doing amazing things serving the lord so uh keep it up you give me and and a lot of other people hope that uh as we fight these certain fights we're not alone so I, i'm so thankful for your voice in this definitely we need each other for sure yes. thanks joe Amen. all right thank you bye Lord. all right Bless bye bye Okay, so next we've got a, a guest in the waiting room, mm-hmm. but we're going to do something exciting here. Yes. We're going to talk about the Reconciled Curriculum. Yes. This coming. So tell everyone again, when is it coming out? Reconciled Curriculum comes out on July 31st. Okay. Yes. So this is a small group study, six weeks, mm-hmm. and we're going to have our launch party for it when? Thursday, July 29th, during our family meeting time. So it'll be like a special edition of the family family meeting. We're going to have a cavalcade of surprise guests if Monique can ever get them booked. So um, we'll just just leave that right there. Or it's going to be an interview with me. Or it's going to be a very long interview with Monique about the curriculum. Um, So we've been running a contest this week. Boy, my voice is already tired. (coughs) So we're going to draw two names. Yes. Right now. So the, the two names that we're drawing are from people who have already pre-ordered the curriculum. So we did, actually did a contest um, this week. So it started last, yeah, it started on Sunday. Um, anyone who ordered curriculum, pre-ordered curriculum between last Sunday and today at noon Pacific would be entered 
into a drawing to have a, a conversation for an hour on Zoom with you and me. And we didn't want to leave out I don't know people. what kind of prize that is. I don't know either. <laughs> so you know really what? want that prize? But then if you had already ordered, we threw your names in too. And so now everyone all together, anyone who's pre-ordered, before noon today is entered into this drawing. We will select two winners to have these one-hour conversations with. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't need. It's up to the person. It is. It is. It, it, it really Are is. you ready to spin the wheel? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh, spin the wheel. So if you pre-ordered before midnight last night, you have been entered into the, the drawing. It was before um, noon, Whenever. noon today. Whatever. All right. All You're right. in. We've got... About 350 entries. 350 here. entries. You don't see all the names. Yes. But they're all in there. They're all in Bob's special randomizer. Okay, here we go. Names. We're going to shuffle it up a little bit here. All right. And here we go. All right, we got the 70s disco music. Hey. Woo! All right, our first winner. Allison Hamilton. Allison Hamilton. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We will send you an email to confirm. And yes, we will be setting up an appointment with you to have a conversation. I don't know what we're going to talk about. It was almost Marla. (laughs) Did you see that? No. It was almost Marla. Marla neighbor? Yeah. (laughs) She's like our neighbor. There it is. All right. All right. Let's do the second winner. Here we go. All right. Going to shuffle her up here a couple times. And okay. here we go. I feel like I need some roller skates when I listen to this. Oh, oh it's Virgin. Yay. Woo-hoo. She was in our class. All right. All right. Congratulations, Virgin. Look forward to talking to you. So we will uh, send email you, out to you a follow-up email and set up a time. Okay. Now we have another giveaway in a little while uh, to uh, for two tickets uh, for the Discipleship Begins at Home conference that's coming up in two weeks. Yes. So if you want to enter, all you have to do is comment during the live stream. We have a super secret... Uh, helper who is gathering all the names and then we'll put them in Bob's randomizer. Okay. So if you want to be entered into, have a chance to win a free ticket, we're going to give away two of them to the discipleship begins at home conference. You can do that by commenting right now. And if you don't win, you can get a 10% off for anybody who wants it for the conference. Just use the promo code, Partner 10 in all caps. You can see it in the top right-hand side of the screen there. Partner 10. You get 10% off. The Discipleship Begins at Home Conference. It's in two weeks. There will be no show that night because we will be doing the conference. We will be exhausted by then. Okay. So you can go find out more about it. I think we're going to play a little video later in the show about the conference and more information. Okay. You ready for the next super secret guest? Let's do it. Who's going to help us celebrate our 100th show? Yes, let's do it. All right. Let's see if he's there. Him and his beard. 
He has no oh, mic or look, camera. Look, here you go, here you go. There oh, he is. Up, <laughs> no microphone you gotta select a microphone. You gotta select a microphone, bro. Nah, we can't nobody hear you. You aren't. There, there it is. There we go. <laughs> What's up? Hey, Edwin. Mr. Edwin Thank Ramirez, you. everyone. For the laughs. Uh, Praise the Lord. Uh uh. Uh uh. <laughs> How you been? It was, just, it, was, it was just neat to see where the Lord brought y'all from. Won't he do it? Won't <laughs> he do it? Face, like your face of confusion and like, what are we doing? <laughs> For how long? And we're doing this next week again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I, I didn't know. I, I did not know. And she was she was still pretty entrapped in CRT. And I, so I had this great idea. We'll just have a podcast about it. That's awesome. Praise God. But there were so many topics that she would say, like, well, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about policing. We can't talk about that. Because police are racist. Can't all, talk about that. All police that was, are, that was literally my, my come from. Sorry, friends. Yeah. All police are racist. I was like, oh, okay. We can yeah. work on that. Kansas, you don't need to go back and watch that. That's foolishness. <laughs> it's not of God. We do not need to go back there. That's a mess. Uh-uh. So, Edwin, we had Edwin Ramirez on. He hosts his own podcast, The Proverbial Life, which is awesome. Um, and when you came on, we you were talking about, um, like, leaving social justice. It wasn't leaving social justice. It was about, like, the whole George Floyd incident. It was, it was right, right, after about, George, right after George Floyd. Right after George Floyd. And he came on and he gave his testimony about coming out of yeah. CRT. And I called the show Coming Out of CRT. That show is was, like, right after our uncultured show last spring. And that was really where people like started finding us mm -hmm. and um, things just started blowing up. And um, we, we literally had 35 followers in April. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we, our yeah. videos had like 15 views. <laughs> we, Edwin came on. And then Edwin came on and it, the whole thing just kind of blew up for us. Yes. So, yes. I'm well, so thankful. You all have been faithful and speaking on issues that people are dealing with. So the Lord definitely honored it. Praise God. Yeah. And now you're, I see right behind you, you got Thaddeus's book. Your, your story is also featured in that book with Monique's. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Fantastic book. Definitely, definitely get it if you don't have it. And if you have it, share it. I've, I've actually come across people in my town that have actually read the book and found out that my story was in there. And uh, there's a parishioner at my church uh, whose brother read the book and called his sister and said, is this your pastor? And he said, she said, yeah. And said, oh, wow, your pastor is in this book. And so it was pretty neat to to have that. And we've had great conversations following that. So that's been that was pretty neat. That's awesome. Did you know those were my arms on the cover? I did. Yep. <laughs> you tell everybody. I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know because you told me about four or five times, but yeah. yeah. See, thank you. Thank you. It's no love. No <laughs> love. All right. Oh, gosh. Man. I, oh, sorry. Now, I, was trying to, I was trying to read a comment. Um, now, we, can I tell the story of how I found Edwin? Yes, please. All right. And now it's going to be your turn. Oh, look at his face. He's like, wait a minute. 
See, we see. Uh, we don't be telling stories like that. Let, let, let me tell a story about you. Mm-hmm, go ahead. So I saw Edwin. I saw Edwin on a podcast on a live stream like two years ago. And he was on there with Jamal Bandy. And I see you got Jamal's hat right behind you there. And uh, he was talking about how he used to believe in social justice and critical race theory. And you were still pretty, like, you know, mixed up in that. And I remember him uh, talking about his experience. And it was still kind of fresh on his own journey out of that. And that just gave me hope, like, that, that, that somebody could actually change their mind about this and also that it wasn't biblical. Like he was the first person I ever heard say, you know, this isn't, this isn't biblical. This isn't how we, we should love our, our, our fellow Christians. And it was, it was like a lifeline for me of hope. And then when I heard, I didn't say anything to you about him. And then when I heard that he was featured in Thaddeus's book and it was the same guy, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Because then you you were kind of more open to talking about, you know, other voices. I remember this completely different. And so then we had him. That is got you connected with him. Yes. But I remember you listening to the podcast and I feel like that just kicked up your um, your gumption. Well, it a gave, lot me, more, it you gave were like, me a lot of courage. Yeah. Like, you need to, have you heard of that? You need to listen. Come on, come listen. And I was always like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm cool. We don't, I don't need to listen. But I think when yeah. you found out that there was somebody who had come out of critical race theory and was serving Jesus, you were like, ah, that, that can be you. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So you're creating all kind of problem. You didn't even know it, Edwin. Praise God. Can you share a little bit about your story with people who are unfamiliar? And, and your yeah. story in, in like coming out of critical race theory, like what brought you out? Like why? Yeah, that's good. There's there's so many, you know, it's been about three years now, um, give or take, that I've, I've been out of that that movement. And uh, there's I'm still uncovering layers. In fact, I had a really good conversation with my wife a couple weeks ago, and she just really peeled back some more layers that just kind of got lost in this whole transition of coming out of it. But the long and short of it was uh, about three years ago, um, we had moved from Florida to New York. Prior to moving, I was a pastor in New York, uh, in Florida. And I was really, and, I, and at that time I wasn't woke, um, but there were some events that had taken place that I was kind of wrestling with in my mind. Uh, I think it was the Eric Gardner um, that had taken place then, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, so we moved and and I really struggled with uh, my identity, right? My identity was wrapped up in pastoring and, and teaching and preparing messages in, um, in, in that whole sphere. And so now I'm, I'm moving from a place where I was in a teaching position to now I don't have a job, I have a family, and I'm living in my mother-in-law's, you know, uh, upstairs with my wife and two kids. And so it was a really difficult transition for me. And I think around that time, um, I was very vulnerable uh, in my mind. And I so fast forward, uh, President Trump wins the election 2018. And I still wasn't I, I was I was kind of I was I was woke ish, 
but I think around 2018 is this is when Jamar Tisby said um, that we need to we need to um, leave the church. Um, you know, he started talking about whiteness, and I started listening to a lot of his stuff. And it just it for me, I had an aha moment. Like there are Christians who believe this woke worldview, and at the time I didn't know it was a woke worldview. But there are Christians who who are speaking about injustice and whiteness and privilege. Um, they are, they, you know, I, I'm reformed in my doctrine. And so it, it almost like, it, it, it almost intensified it for me because on paper they reformed in their doctrine. So it was, it was almost as if, um, you know, all the signs were there, like, yes, there's finally a group of people that, um, believe what I have felt and what I've seen. Um, and now here we are. And then I just went headlong, you know, I started listening to Robin D'Angelo and, Peggy McIntosh. And so what, what, what the Lord used to bring me out, I tell this to people, what the Lord used to bring me out of the movement was truth. Um, and he used different means uh, along that path. So he used people on social media. He used my wife. He used, um, he used people asking me questions and kind of pressing me. Uh, and so he used a, a lot of different means. And then I think one of the catalysts for me was uh, I came across A.D. Robles' videos. And, you know, A.D., and it helped that he was a color person, a person of color, excuse me. And so that that really helped me because, you know, for my other friends who were speaking, some of them were white. And it was like, well, this is your white fragility showing itself. Um, and then for my wife, who is kind of questioning and pushing back, it was like, well, you're my wife. You just don't get it. You don't understand. Um, and then when I heard AD and others who were, um, who, who were not white pressing me, it was like, whoa. And so I remember one time being home, ironing my clothes and I just, I just went on like an AD like blitz. I just listened to all his videos one day. And I remember telling my wife, wow, like it all clicked. The conversations that people were having with me behind the scenes my wife's questions and, and, and just a bunch of different things. My theology, what I believed initially, like, you know, of what Christ accomplished for us at the cross. And, you know, and so all that just clicked when I just listened to these videos by AD for hours. And then I listened to the people that he was talking about and having interviews with, and it just really just came together. And yeah, it was, it was like the light. So, it, and I'll, and I'll stop after this, but Coming into the movement, it was it was like this, right? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And now, boom, I believe this. And now I'm all in. And then coming out of the movement, uh, I believe this. I believe this now. Boom, I don't believe this. And now I'm at the place where, praise the Lord, I'm 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 set free. And and now I want to, and I and I've done this by the Lord's grace is really speak out against it, um, because it is it. If if you follow this worldview to its logical conclusion, you cannot um, have a favorable, objective feeling toward white people. Like you're just going to have an angst toward white people in general. Like if you take it to its logical conclusion, and 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 then you're going to have a misrepresented view of people of color on the basis of their color. Right on the basis of their ethnicity, not on the basis of what they believe, and 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 all that. So, 
that in a, in a, in a nutshell, that's yeah. really what the Lord used different means to bring me out of it. That's so good, Edwin. I'm so glad you shared those some of those different means because that's something that Monique and I are always trying to say when when people are talking to people who are trapped in this framework. You know, to trust the Lord, the Lord will work with that person and pray with them because it's not just a one conversation thing. It's you know, you might have some conversation. Someone might ask you a question. The Lord might bring a situation across your path and, and Holy Spirit's doing his thing. And it's, it's a lot of things that, that bring, bring people out of this. It's not just one magical mm-hmm. moment. So yeah. uh, getting so many good comments from people who appreciated your story in the show when you were on with us before. So thank you for being a friend of the ministry. Yes. Edwin's uh, one of our book group leaders He's going to be a breakout speaker at UP. He's going to be speaking at the UP conference. So we just appreciate so much your friendship with us, Edwin. Mm -hmm. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you both for what you do and keep pressing on and keep exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. You as well. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks, Edwin. God bless you. God bless. Bye. 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 Okay. That's fun. Um, Danielle's on Facebook says the bitterness is evident. It's so sad to see. Yeah. It's so true. I thought you said something interesting and I heard Edwin say it just now there too, is just how much freedom there is on this side of it. Like there's freedom just to love everyone. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I think critical race theory, because it's such a binary concept or framework, it, it leaves us in our tribal groupings. And so I'm suspicious of anyone who isn't in my tribe. I have certain beliefs about anyone who's not in my tribe. And so once that the once the walls or the boundaries are taken off of that mindset or the person who's upholding that mindset, it's kind of like, man, I can love you like I can I can I can hold your hand. I can I can be cool with you. I don't have to mistrust you automatically. Like, and I say this all the time. This is where the family model even came from was the fact that we are brothers and sisters and I can fight just as hard for you as I would fight for my own siblings because we're family and we are family regardless of color. Like, I don't have to start out from a place of distrust or suspicion just because of skin color, you know? And so to me, that was just so freeing. But I love the fact that he also brought up, like, he and um, Sarah, his wife, had, you know, just had a conversation where he was like, man, like, I'm still, I still got some of this in the background, too. I was like, amen, brother. We still got some things in the background. (laughs) The Lord's working with you. I want to answer Kimberly, is it Kimberly? Kimberly Vick's question. Um, She wants, yeah, it's just an email address. And so she's looking to, to support us during um, the up conference and volunteer. And so it's the email address. If you would like to serve during the up conference is up 2021 at center for biblical unity.com. I spaced it out because it was coming back funky. It does not need to be in caps. It can be in caps. It doesn't, it's not going to change it either way. So just, um, just so you know that it's up 2021 at center for biblical unity.com. Cool. All right, you ready for the next person? Whoop, whoop. Let's do it. All right, let's see who's there. <gasps> there she is. It's <laughs> Hey. How you doing? Oh, wait. 
Good. I was muted. There I you know. go. Sorry. That's all right. How you doing? I'm good. How are you girls? Good. We just chilling, you know, 100th episode, just doing our little thing. Just a little 100th episode. Yes. Awesome. Now, I mean, I just, I really love her. I, I just, I love me some Elisa Childers. Yes, oh. I do. Um, many people don't know it, or maybe they do, but our ministry really was launched, I feel like, or propelled yeah. um, because <laughs> of the interview that we did together. Yeah. And like, that was last it, June. It, it was last June. And yeah. it just went everywhere. Um, until recently, it was her number one interview. And then somebody came along and kicked me off the nest. And I was like, ah! Yeah. But it was no, it so was, good. It was really, really popular. And I just remember when I interviewed you, because, you know, I'd been dealing with the... Sorry, I just saw my hair in the monitor. It's totally messy bun day. So, um, Girl, we family. It's okay. Just live it. it I was like, wow, that is a really messy bun. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah. So I remember interviewing you and just with all the work I'd done in progressive Christianity, I remember thinking, it's your turn, Monique. Like, you're up. (laughs) Batter up. Because it was just, especially in progressivism, but also just even in the broader church, um, critical theory was just becoming such a, an influential ideology. And so, yeah, I was so, I was so happy. I know, but also Natasha Crane gets a lot of credit, I think as well, because Mm -hmm. around that same time, she wrote an article that just went massively viral. And she was like, everybody go follow Center for Biblical Unity. It was in the same week that your three things happened in the same, in a span of eight days, your podcast dropped with Natasha Crane's blog post went viral and Nancy Piercy tweeted about Monique. That's right. I and those three things, we went from 35 followers to like 10,000 in, in a, a few a days. Week. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And thankfully, we had some videos that we had recorded like a year before on some of these issues because all of a sudden people were flooding us with, well, what about this? What about this? And those videos that only had like 15 views, 35 views, but then yeah. we started pushing them out and people started finding us um, through that content. But what a lot of people probably don't know is that you actually did that interview with Monique twice. Yes, that's That right. was a four hour day or something it like was, that. That was so awesome. And then we went and got lunch. And I mean, you so, know. So virtually. I, the, the original plan was them. Elisa was going to interview both of us. Yeah. And the the Lord had told me very clearly that I was not to be on that interview. And I was so upset. She was so mad. (laughs) And I had to go to her and I said, the Lord says, this, this is not for me. And, and she was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to be all by myself. (laughs) And it was kind of the Lord's way of sort of pushing her out of the nest. Like, okay, go fly now. Because she had really been, you know, um, we had done everything together up until that yeah. point. And so. And we met that. I mean, I knew you f- for further back, Krista, but Monique and I met that day. Yeah. You'd never met before. Yeah. We met yeah. that day. And, and it was it, super tense. Like I remember this is why we did it twice. Cause mm-hmm. we did this really polite <laughs> version first where I think both of us were like getting used to each other. Uh huh. And I knew like, I-, I was thinking, man, after it was done, I was just thinking, I, I was feeling like I didn't do a very good job because I wasn't asking good questions. We were both super nervous. And then Krista kind of popped her head in and was like, well, that was very polite. Yeah. 
AKA yeah. that sucked. Yeah. yeah. It was like her really nice way of, of saying, yeah, well, that was the polite version. Why don't you do the prophetic version? And yes. I, or you said something along those lines, Krista. And I just remember thinking, man, if they're up for doing it again and we, and you did, you had to have a little in and out. Yeah. Before. Yeah. We went and got in and out uh-huh. and we sat here and kind of had a virtual lunch with you. Yeah. And I felt like what the problem was is you two didn't know each other. And I could sense that you were very nervous. Yeah. And I thought, you know, all right. Yeah. The world is burning down. People are confused. Everything's emotional. She and I kind of had to pull you aside and say, look. You're not going to offend Monique. Just yeah. ask her the questions you want to ask her. Yeah. And and you were like, OK. And so you were both kind of in the risk of we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're right. It was right at the absolute height yep. of the rioting and everything happening with the George Floyd thing. And everybody was sort of scrambling, trying to figure out what was going on, the moral panic. I mean, it was just, it was so intense. And, you know, little did we know that we became like BFFs really quick. Exactly. So, like, yeah. What? What? Yeah. So totally. if you are if you are not following the Auntie Elisa Childers, and not everybody calls you the Auntie. <laughs> I love that so much. I love so it. if you are not following the one and only Auntie Elisa Childers, you should do so on YouTube and on Facebook. Visit her website at elisachilders.com. Yeah. She's on Instagram, putting out all kind of great content, interviewing all kind of great people. Well, I think what's interesting about both of your ministries is that, you know, there's so much crossover. Mm-hmm people mm-hmm. become entangled in woke ideology sometimes through pro- through progressive christianity as sort of a natural destination and vice versa people who mm-hmm. get mixed up with critical race theory often also go down the path of progressive christianity and so the friendship between you two is absolutely genuine and i think that 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 friendship and how your ministries kind of co help each other in Mm -hmm. in covering different topics but to similar people is 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 very helpful yeah yeah well and you mentioned the content coming up and i just have to say this because it's so relevant to just this show my next podcast which comes out tomorrow is with edwin who was just your guest and so so that'll that'll drop tomorrow but then the one that's after that is another conversation with uh, with you, Monique. So we have part two coming up just before your curriculum uh, launches and releases. And so uh, it's like Edwin and Monique month on the Elisa Childers <laughs> podcast, July. I can't wait to hear Edwin's video. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, gonna be it's great. really good. Yeah. He, yeah. He's just, yeah, he's solid. He is so yeah. solid. I really appreciate him. And I really appreciate you. Oh. So thanks for being with us and hanging out for a little bit. Yes. Tell the fam we said hello. Yes. What's that? I said, tell the fam we said hello. Oh, I will tell the fam. I will. (laughs) And they miss you guys. They miss both of you. And uh, so hopefully you'll come back into town soon and stay down in my basement. Yes. 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 And come back and watch some Seinfeld with Mike. Yes. (laughs) No. No, no, you and I can go get our nails done or something. Do something Monique, productive. You and I, you and I will go get our nails done. And Krista and Mike can listen to country music. Yes. Country <laughs> and music then, and Seinfeld. And we can just be 
away. Yes. Not there. Because nobody needs it. No. Nobody needs that. <laughs> no one needs that. <gasps> All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, we love Alisa. you. Bye-bye. I love you guys. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that's so nice. Yes. Okay, so we've got the drawing for the Discipleship Begins at Home Conference. Okay. So we're going to watch a little promo video, and then we will have a, a, a drawing. Let's do it. Hey everybody. hey, everybody. My, my name, is name is Ryan Pauly. I want to I invite, invite you, you to the Discipleship Dis Begins at Home virtual conference this July 23rd and 24th. This Friday evening and all day Saturday conference will have four keynote sessions, six breakout sessions focused on discipleship. Obviously a huge and important topic as we desire to raise students who leave the home with a biblical worldview and a faith grounded in God. My session is going to focus on why students are bored with their faith and what we can do to help build a deep loving, committed relationship with God. So join me on July 23rd and 24th for this virtual conference that will educate you and equip you to disciple your students. All right, we're so excited to be part of the Discipleship Begins at Home conference. If you want to find out more, just go to womenandapologetics.com, click on events, yes. and you can get there. You can get 10% off by using the promo code PARTNER10. And it has to be in all caps. Yes. So we will be speaking. Uh, if you want to know about our friend, Pastor Jeremy Bannister, uh, I did a live stream with him this past week. as uh, kind of like a little sneak peek on the conference. And uh, you can find out more information. All right. We're giving away two tickets. Two tickets to the disciples. Decide what's called. Sorry. <laughs> Discipleship begins at home. I can't even. I was going to say we're giving away two tickets to the disciples. I can't. I can't even. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. So if you made a comment during the first 45 minutes or so of the show, my secret helper has gathered all of those names and they are now entered in Bob's randomizer. Awesome. So here we go. All right. I'm going to shuffle her up a few times. Here we go. Go ahead. We are really of no physical relation, only supernatural relation. That's right. Just you know, it's the be best kind. Yes. All right, Andy. So write to us at attlivestream at gmail.com. Yes. And let us know that you won our drawing, and then we'll send you the super secret promo code so you can yes. get the free ticket. All right, we're going to do Andy one more. Andy is an amazing artist. Is he? I hope I'm not putting too much of your business out there, but he is like, when I say amazing, oh, I didn't he know is this. like an amazing artist. Like, yeah, I can't wow. even begin. I'm not like an art person, but I mean, just, it's fabulous. That's very cool. All right, are we ready for the second one? Let's okay, do it again. Okay, here we go. I'm going to shuffle her up. Okay. Here we go. Tracy Guest. Yay. All right, all right. So Tracy, email us at attlivestream at gmail.com. 
Yes, ATT Livestream at gmail.com. And we will get you hooked up and connected. She says, woohoo. Yay. And uh, again, if it, you if you didn't win, that's okay. You still use the promo code uh, and get 10% off. You use the promo code PARTNER10 in all caps uh, and get 10% off. And we want to see you there. What are you speaking on at the conference? You know. Oh, goodness. I'm doing a key, the last keynote. They're having me do it. And I'm still kind of working on it. Uh, but it's going to be on, Hey, you're, you're revealing who's going to be on there. No, only you. Okay, good. Uh, so (laughs) keep going. Don't mind me people. But but we're going into the infinite regress. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what am I speaking on? The, what obstacles hinder parents from discipling their kids and how to overcome them? Like if, uh, uh, you know, a lot of parents just lack confidence about how to disciple their kids. They're afraid they're gonna they're gonna not teach them the right information. Um, they maybe don't have a very well developed worldview themselves. So, how can parents equip themselves to be able to um, have the conversations with their kids and disciple their kids? So that's that's the keynote I'm doing. The breakout session I'm doing is on work. Uh, Work is a critical part of the Christian worldview. So how can we disciple our kids when it comes to work? That's what I'm speaking on. All right. You do believe in work? Your kids have been working a long time. Yes. Yes. I do believe in it. Yes. All right. You want to know what I'm talking about? Never mind. I don't don't know. What are you talking about? (laughs) You haven't written your talk yet. So I don't know. Yeah. Please tell us. Wow outing me to the public no i haven't written my talk yet but it'll be there it's always on time it will be yes yes just like jesus always on time um i'm talking about identity and how to raise your kids with a godly identity you know because i think the question that most young people or the biggest question facing young people is um who are you Mm. who are you well the culture is ready to tell them mm, the culture is ready to tell them but it's the same question that i feel like we've been offered since the garden yeah and so you know how do we raise our kids to understand who they are so when the culture comes and says hey this is who you are hey you can choose to be you're like ah hold on i can't choose because i've already been given something this this is already filled so i can't i don't have any room to accept what you are what you're offering me because it's already been filled with something that is true Mm. so yeah very good all right so we have our final surprise guest are you ready let's do it the man who changed so many things yes, yes in our lives. Did. Yes, he did. There he is. Let's see if he's going to turn on his camera. Oh, Candy talking about an old song. I'm not, I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. Okay. Is, is, he, is he coming? <laughs> is he coming? There he is. Hey, hey. Jamal What's Bandy. What's up, Mr. Bandy? What's going on, my sister? <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. How good. you doing? How you living? I'm living good. I'm, I'm blessed. Blessed and highly favored. Come highly on. Highly favored. Yes. <laughs> now, Jamal was on a long time ago. Two years ago. Yes, two years ago. Wow. And we thought that it was... Um, 
very important to bring you back on just because your show, I think, changed so much in in our show, like overall. But then it also really challenged me with a lot of things. Like what I don't think you know is that I, I was like, why, what in the world is he talking about for a lot of the show? I was, I was sitting there like, Jesus, be a fence. Because I, I am not sure what in the world is really happening. Because I was still so steeped in a lot of the things that we were talking about. And you just had such a different view on a lot of things. And, you know, I was trying to keep it polite and ask questions and agree where I could agree. But I remember that and just being like, man, this... She she low-key didn't like you for a long time. That isn't true. That, <laughs> you know what? That ain't true. It's, you know, it's better late than never that I know. See? So, <laughs> it's all right. I, you know what? I kind of I, I kind of felt that just a little bit. <laughs> Some of the conversations we had and the questions that came across. And I, maybe I, I challenged myself. Or maybe I'm laying on too thick. Maybe I need to dial it back, and I wasn't sure, but it was like, it was good. Yeah. You know, it was good. It was good. I mean, it was good for me. It gave me a lot of things to think about. Um, I had never really, I mean, aside from, like, Virgil Walker, I don't think I had seen anyone else, um, another black person, you know, talking the way that, that you talked, believing the things that you believed, and just with such strong conviction and you know, as as confident as I was in CRT, you are just as confident, you know, on the outside of CRT and in a biblical worldview. And I was like, my goodness, what is this sorcery here? <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> yeah. But um kind of where she was like, where'd you find this guy? She kept asking me, where'd you find this guy? I was like, oh, uh, well, you know, I was listening <laughs> to this, this podcast and he was on there and he was on there with this other guy and. I just felt like the Lord was encouraging me to reach out to him. And she's like, I don't know. And, oh, man, she was so upset. Like, literally, I was up until. Upset. Okay, sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> up until a minute before we were alive, she was, she was up in the bathroom sick. Like, she was like, I can't do this. And she was so mm. nervous about even talking about this. That is so true. I can't lie. And I thought, am I going to just be on here by myself? What's going to happen? And But it definitely was probably one of the most important shows that we ever did, just in terms of our journey. And um, it was so helpful for her to just see your face and talk to you and just hear someone with a really well-developed biblical worldview. And I remember when you wrote to me on the email, when I first asked you, you're like, well, I'm not a professional. I never been to Bible college, <laughs> and, and you know, and and I was like, it's okay, it's all right. And um, so, just really appreciate your your friendship and willingness to be in the risk with my crazy idea. Yeah, um, and I mean, Jamal leads our. Um, well, he lead. He how many book groups have you led now? Three. This will be my third one that I'm on now. Yeah, yeah. So he's everyone's talking you up in the chat how much they love you as a book group leader. Yeah, oh, he um he leads our Thank book groups now, and it's just a partner in, in the ministry. Like, yeah. man, when I say the family element, it's it's like the family. And so, yeah, I'm so thankful because, you know, you, Edwin, others that we've talked to, 
could have just been like, you know, she coming on strong or, you know, I kind of get a sense like she might not like this and just been, you know, kept quiet. Yeah. And, you know, and the same the same for you, you know, even down to the conversation we had, I think it was two days ago, Um, you know, and I'm glad that people didn't, that people actually have um, the boldness and courage to say, like, no, this here is actual truth, because my personality is very strong. Really? (laughs) (laughs) That, oh, man, that look could kill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it's real. My, per- I, I just, I was born with a strong, I feel like I was, my mother would say I was born with, like, I cried strong. <laughs> so, you know, like, I was just strong. And, and that's great because I'm, I'm not, like, to put myself up, but, you know, there are people that I come up against or who come up against me, or the, the ideology, I'll say that, where it's like, no, look, we not, we not talking to the family this way. We're not going to bring this up in the church. You're not going to come on my podcast or you're not going to come on our social media platform with all that hoopla. You can miss me with that. Mm-hmm. And and that's real. And it's not to be ungracious. I don't know if that's a word. You know, <laughs> it, you know, it's not to be mean, but it is to protect the family. Well, we're and glad, that's that's the first thing. We're glad Jamal was willing to show up yeah. two years ago. That is, yeah, two woo, two years yeah. ago. But and I just I, had a moment again the other day. <laughs> see what I, what I loved about you guys, and even as y'all was going through the, the, this journey and dealing with this subject, the dynamic that you have with. Being with Krista being uh, Caucasian, and then you got Monique being black and being real with each other. I always found that the most interesting, especially as y'all traveled through these these subjects, because y'all offered that, those perspectives, which made it helpful for anybody who's watching. So I always thought that was great, and I, I was just thankful to be a part of the journey. You know, in that sense, that was great. Yeah, I know you probably feel like the Lord just threw you in. It's like, the Lord picked how, you, how, Jamal. How get up in here. Yeah, because I, you know, because like I was telling Chris, like I'm not uh, like real. I'm not well versed in a lot of theological studies and all that. Like I, you know, just very simple, you know, when it comes to all of this. And because I, I was on the fence, you know, I was on the fence with all of this. And I and Edwin, as he said in the chat, like I knew him when he was woke, you know, so he was straight woke. And um, I was on the fence and I was hearing them. I'm like, okay, this, this, it sounds there, but I'm like, I'm not sure yet. And so it, when it came down to me, the logical conclusion, it just didn't fit. You know, I, I couldn't see where the end was with all of this. And so that's what kind of had me like be more solid as far as where I stood. And, um, and, and I just stayed there. But man, I love listening to people like Virgil Walker, you know, on their podcast. And I mean, it, they, they're, they're the, the, when they bring out stuff, it just, it's, uh, like I say, it's more, it's more educated, more thought provoking, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just love listening to the things they bring to the table and others like them. Wow. We appreciate you and your stand two years ago on a brand new podcast with yeah. a person who was semi-woke. I, I wasn't all the way in it, but I sure wasn't all the way out of it. That's no, for sure. She wasn't. <laughs> 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 Sorry. You just he 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 in it up. I just I'm just <laughs> so grateful to the Lord and how it's so fun to look back on how he orchestrated all of this. It and, is. It's definitely you know, something different, that's yeah. for sure. So, 100 episodes. Yeah. 100. Wow, it's a little crazy. Crazy Praise to think God. of where we've been and where we are. And so Edwin says, I almost had Jamal woke, but my almost. woke plan failed. Stop it. See, that was my plan with you. <laughs> she kept begging the Lord to convict me of my whiteness. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. But and praise God, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't the work. tables were turned. <laughs> yes, yes, they were overturned. Yes. Oh, well, All th- right. Thank you so much, Jamal. We really appreciate your friendship and and just being with us in ministry and helping our book groups and and just being part of the family. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank if y'all, y'all can ever get in a book group with Jamal, I say run for it. Get it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all so much. Just your friendships and your sisterhoods to my brotherhood. Just really love you guys. Oh, we love you too. We love you too, Jamal. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, there's a question on Facebook. Okay. From Catherine Wright from, or from, sorry. Um, she says, when did Monique come out of CRT? These stories are confusing me. <laughs> it was a long journey. Girl, it was a long journey. I was just as confused as you were. I was like, am I in it? Am I out of it? Thursday, <laughs> I was like, I am fully embraced. <laughs> it, it took a while. I mean, that was like a probably 12... 18 month well, process. Well, I came home from South Africa in 2018. <laughs> June, June 3rd. June, uh-huh, June 3rd, 2018. Um, and we didn't start even having any of these conversations probably until about December, January of 2019. Yeah. And then by the end of 2019, because in November 2019, we received an invitation from Women in Apologetics to speak in January oh, of 2020. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was such a it was such a mess because, okay. No, 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 no. no. I gotta, let me answer Catherine's question before we go well, down the yellow brick road of memories. What is part of the timeline? It, 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 no, it's, no, it's not. It is no, it's part not. of the no, timeline. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let me, uh, Catherine, I'm going, I got you. Because see, she about I to take us. I created a whole situation. Yes. So in November, so I I had been probably even, I came so home in June. we started the show in March of 2019. Yes. And when I came home in June of 2018, it had to be, sooner than six months that we started talking about it. It was probably around yeah. November yeah. that we started having some of these conversations at the June, I would say November. Yeah. 2018 by March of 2019, we started the show and I was pretty torn between what I was going to believe and what I wasn't going to believe. And by November, I think I was more out than in because Women in Apologetics invited us to come speak about critical race theory that January. And I remember being like, that's a hard no. <coughs> and so I kind of created a, a bit of a problem there because we, we talked to Jim, we launched the show in March of 2019. We interviewed Jamal in June of 2019. So she was still pretty in it but it was sort of closeted like we didn't talk about it publicly we of, weren't talking about a lot of things publicly of just how much she was still wrestling and so we would talk behind the scenes and so like when we did the show unplanned about abortion what people didn't know was that you know she was still wrestling through her own views of abortion and then when she came she was very strongly pro-choice. I was a little stunned and taken aback by it. But, you know, so that was part of the journey, too. But there was just a lot of topics. If you go back, you'll see there's, like, whole topics we never would talk about. We never talk about LGBT, LGBTQ+, plus yeah, ever. We, we never talked about policing. We never talked systemic racism. Because those were all the things that... um she was still thinking through. And so we needed to allow space for that. So it was definitely a process. 
I think one other critical moment um, was the Women in Apologetics Conference because I kind of made the commitment to them that we would give this talk. But yeah, I had, but that was. Uh, but I hadn't talked to you about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. So did you hear that sentence set up? Yeah. I made the commitment. Oh, I that totally we, own that. Yeah. 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 Wasn't no weese up in here. Okay. No. Weese did not agree. That that created a lot of conflict in our relationship because mm-hmm. she wasn't ready for that, and that was really some a big mistake that I made. And I thought she was further along in the journey than she really was. And so crafting that talk in January 2020 was hard because um, there were a lot of topics we could not discuss at that point. And so we had a lot of hard conversations of what content we were going to put in, what we could agree on, what we were going to leave out. And that talk raised her visibility, but it created a lot of hardship between us. So that was a mistake on my part. But what? I'm, I can't, we can't see tonight. She said, oh. so ATT started out as STT. Some of the things. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kinda. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm so glad that we did it because people came up afterwards and said, wow, you put words to things that... I've been thinking and feeling, but didn't have words or definitions to, um, or, you know, my husband was fired and they told him some of these exact words. And so, and that opened your eyes to things that it was a little bigger. So even in my mistake, the Lord was still in that Mm -hmm. and use that as part of your journey. And then the next month was like February of 2020. And we had Carillos on, our Coptic friend. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I think, another turning point. It was another turning point, not just because we talked about like race things, but because we talked about the fact that Christianity is historical. So I had always had this um, view of Christianity or my faith as being like, my faith and you know you pray but it's never anything that's really educational or things that i would you know study yeah i i didn't really understand seminary even yeah and um in having carillos on i understood that christianity and my participation in christianity it it was a part of something that was ancient and that um and was global even though i knew that people around the globe um, believed, I didn't understand the connection, like the, the ontological is, yeah. it would be the best word, the supernatural connection that we have as Christians. And so that's when I became interested in understanding how did the first century church participate with each other? Yeah. And that was something that happened like after the Women in Apologetics Conference. Yeah. I was like, you know, I want to know how did, how did the people who were closest to Jesus participate on issues of race justice and unity yeah and so yeah yeah it's been a whole it's been a whole journey so hopefully that helps clear up the timeline yeah so it's january of 2019 we did women in apologetics and i think i've just become more and more clear in my thinking around some things um in regards to race justice and unity yeah 
Yeah. So I'd say. No, it was January 2020. January of 2020. 2020. So yeah. So yeah. 18 months maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we've been. Yeah. Just a little younger this. than Edwin. Uh, someone's asking why we have the comments turned off on YouTube. It's because nobody's got time to monitor that. Yeah. And that's the lowest form of life. But you can always comment on Facebook and all the shows there. We just don't have it on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, Amy. Amy must have been. Amy. Amy M. She said, I saw you at the WEA um, conference in 2022. 2022. <laughs> and that spider. Y'all. So I was on stage and... I was so nervous, like, and I, I had done public speaking. Like, I, I don't know. This just made me like cringe nervous. And a, now I am like arachnophobic. I can't with spiders. And here comes this huge white spider on an all black stage. And so all I can see is this white spider. And he walks, or he, I don't know why I named him he, but this spider goes right past Krista and walks right up to me. And I was like, Lord, please, please, can you just make it all end? You know, I don't want to be here no way. Please make it end, Jesus. (laughs) And he literally walked right up to my boot. And so then I just took my little boot and I squished him. And then I think what I took a break just to, I said, you know, can we just have a moment of honesty? I was doing spiritual warfare and you weren't even aware. Yes. <laughs> it was spiritual warfare. People don't understand. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, well, this has been fun. Yes, it has been. We did all of our drawings and um, yeah. Oh, we, we do the have most a most moment. Yeah. yeah. Let's do the most moment. <laughs> All right, all right. I just want to say thank you so much to Traveling Pack um, on YouTube. She says, not on Facebook, but I will go ahead and encourage you here. Just keep speaking truth. We all need it. Thank you. Thanks so much. We appreciate the encouragement. And you guys, all, all y'all, um, just so encouraging. But let's yeah. go to, to the most moment. Kimba. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Squirrel. Focus, Squirrel. Focus on the show, please. Sorry. Goodness gracious. Okay. So I don't know if the last name is Dusty or Ducey. Signs the second bill banning critical race theory in Arizona. Um, it says Governor Ducey has signed a bill into law prohibiting government agencies from requiring training in what's known as, as critical race theory. It comes as several state legislatures make similar moves to restrict how U.S. history can be taught and discussed. And when I saw this, I was like, you know, this is really interesting. And I, I, I have a bit of a mixed approach, I think, or a mixed feeling. And we talked about this a little bit yeah. about this whole banning of critical race theory. I'm not one for necessarily banning thought, you know, and saying, well, we just don't teach thought um, or different, you know, ways of, of thinking. But I do think that it should all be taught in um, in ways that are metered and gives all the thoughts, you know, equal play or equal playing time. And you can like, well, it depends on, I think, what we're talking about. Like if we're talking about bringing critical race theory into HR trainings for government employees, you know, to me, 
that's one <coughs> area where many HR people are talking about how that's not actually helping to build unity in but, workplaces. But see, I don't but there see you that have, you have adults. Yeah. I, okay, so a couple things in relation to that. I don't see that as being the thought. I see that as being the movement. And so when I say I don't, I'm not against you know, having different ideas being put forward, I think of that more academically. And so like in dealing with college students, like, hey, here's this view, here's that view. And, you know, allowing all the views to be presented because critical race theory is a movement. I think what we see the out when we when we look at things like DEI trainings or critical race theory as um, the tangible inside of trainings and like HR trainings and um, inside of classrooms and not just CRT, but a lot of the critical social theories. I think those are parts of the movement. And I think it's important to differentiate between the movement and the framework that someone may be able to thread through. Okay, so you're talking about in the competition of ideas in an academic context with college students, graduate students, we should have a competition of ideas, a genuine competition where pros and cons of various frameworks can be debated, arguments can be put forward. Because that's thought. And so... Or how I would define thought. Okay, so that you would be for. You know, but what's happening now, right now in colleges and in a lot of graduate school programs is only one framework is allowed. Yes. And we're going to learn data through this framework. And see, I, I at that point would say that we're probably not even really teaching framework, but what we're doing is pushing movement. Okay. So that's how you're defining that. Yes. And so where where people are like, you know, we banned this. I, I kind of get oh, like, yes, I get that. We don't want I don't want my six year old to go to school and, and, and now be taught why he or she can identify as a tree because of queer theory or, you know, choose their gender because of because of queer theory or understanding why they and everyone, you know, who bears their skin color are now considered um, privileged, white supremacists, oppressors, you know, that's movement. What you would be okay with is allowing the framework to be taught to adults in an academic environment where all frameworks are allowed. There's free competition of ideas Mm -hmm. what you're calling movement sounds to me more like policies you know where hr policies diversity training yes um bring embedding it into the curriculum and conversation in public schools that is toxic and dangerous yes so um delgado and stefanchich wrote a book called not not um not the oh sorry I was going to say not the other Delgado, but if you don't know who Delgado and Stefanchich are, then you wouldn't know. But um, there's a book called Critical Race Theory and Introduction by Delgado and Stefanchich. And the opening line uh, under what is critical race theory, it says the movement of critical race theory is like a group of scholars and activists. And so that lets me know that there is, one, it's a movement. It's supposed to take us somewhere. It's not supposed to just sit in the lab, so to speak, or, or um, you know, just remain 
this one little stagnant piece that doesn't do anything. Critical race theory is supposed to have outcomes. It's supposed to be implemented into policies. Yes. It's supposed to shift society. And when people say, well, it's just a legal theory. It's not just a, a theory at all. It's a movement. It's meant to do something. But see, that is, I mean, you have prominent Christian voices in Christian academia that are telling pastors, this is just a a branch of legal studies. That's all this is. So there's no contradiction between critical race theory and historic Christianity because it's just this obscure branch of legal studies from the late 1970s. That's all it is. But we're way past way past that. And now we're in the what you are calling movement. Yes. Or policies being embedded into our workplaces, into our school curriculums into our public school well that's one side of it that's one side of the movement okay other side of the movement in my personal opinion because it comes also it also has um tentacles back to to conflict theory the other side of it would be things like riots the the upending or uh, of society in in certain regards and so to me, the movement even has two veins. But yes, like um, I think Candy said, she said, I would ban it in places where it can't be discussed amongst other ideas. Yes, I completely agree with that. And HR training isn't a place where we're going to sit and, you know, well, how do you think about well, this? Well, six-year-olds in, or, yes. in public school, An we're idiot. not going to debate the framework. Yes. It's and now it's at the policy level. Yes. It's at the movement level. It's at the movement level because what it's saying is that everyone must move toward this way of thinking, whether you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm torn because I don't want to have a rush to ban ideas. But when the ideas themselves ban any other competitive thought or idea and turn into an activist movement, how do you really stop that? I think you have to stop it by saying we're not going to have this in our state. I think that what we're finding, I'm finding that most of the objections to critical race theory now are something along the lines of either you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. That's that's a frequent answer. Um, You don't. If you, and the implication of that is if you did understand it, you would embrace it. If you deny it, if you don't want critical race theory, then you don't want to talk about racism. You're a racism denier. If you don't want critical race theory in your schools, then you are not for an accurate view of history. You're not for truth telling. These are the basic rejoinders mm-hmm. that I'm hearing in the public square. And even if you tell people, no, I actually do understand what critical race theory is and I'm still against it Mm -hmm. and we can still have a conversation about racism and we can still talk about history and our struggle as a country with race issues, but I don't need critical race theory to do that. Those views are completely demonized. It's either critical race theory or the highway. Or you are a racist mm-hmm. bigot who is ignorant and uninformed. And that is how entities like the National Education Association are mm-hmm. framing up the public conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I I say, well, you know, 
if it's going to be a movement and we're going to push the movement and the only way to stop the movement is to stop the idea, then, you know, I would have to, to go along with that because what I don't want is a child to be indoctrinated into something that would be so soul damaging. Yeah. Um, as you know, some of these social theories. Candy's asking, are there are other ideas that we ban like ethno nationalism? I don't know if we do. I mean, if you go to college, the whole idea traditionally of classical liberalism is the fierce competition of ideas. Now, we might say ethno-nationalism doesn't have good arguments or we don't like these arguments or they're immoral. But I think that having a table with a lot of ideas in classical liberalism has been the very model of what a liberal education is. Um, that's part of why people used to go to college, but we're not there anymore. Now it's just indoctrination. Yeah. So... Well, all right. I think that is time to wrap our 100th show. It was fun. It was. Glad to be in it with you. I'm glad. Now, on show 100. Show 99, I was still feeling hoodwinked and bamboozled. It's real, people. It's real. Well, it's always an honor to to be able to talk about these ideas with you. There it is. Yeah. There it is. So, all right. Thanks for being in it with me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, here we go. We just, we'll be back next week, y'all. Hoodwinked and bamboozled. We'll Bye, everyone. Good night. God bless. Thanks for listening to All the Things. Be sure to subscribe to our website at allthethingsshow.com and find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you stream your podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the bell so you'll receive alerts when we post new shows. We'll see you next week.